Corinne, rising everyone, Natalie coming to you guys, bringing coffee, got my coffee here. Mm-hmm. Ah, so yum. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get started. I'm reading the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. And uh, we are on How to Quicken Your Soul, went over some stuff yesterday, went on a really long um journey with some individuals here on spirit and coffee which is nice um you know oftentimes people will come on the show ask some questions and then uh they expect maybe i'll give an answer but i don't have an answer for you you have the answers and i'm going to continue to say that forever (laughs) for the rest of my life you are um you know intelligent and you have the answers inside of you even though it doesn't feel like that at times because why well because we are faced with challenges sometimes where we can't see outcomes and we want to control things. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's human nature. We want to control the outcomes of what's going to happen. And sometimes we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And then because of that, we think we're crazy. And therefore, we do all of this stuff like, you know, help me so that I can determine the outcome. But we can sort of support you through the process of what the outcome might be like what is it that you intend to to get out of it right how what is the intention behind it and how are you wanting to move forward and good morning to those on facebook i say good morning in the chat box um i don't know who's on here it is not showing me i think kumar was on here i saw some hearts but i don't know who else okay so how to quicken your soul the alchemist associated the secret fire the process of fermentation we talked about this yesterday um and we talked about how we use it instead of for manipulation that we use it for um as they say um ingenuity ingenuity i don't know why that word always just like in my mouth okay um and we use it gently right um and it means that we infuse everything with spirit so what does it mean hey christina to infuse it with the spirit so that is basically how i use alchemy spiritual alchemy right i put spirit into everything what does that mean what does spirit mean you know people come up with their own definitions or they'll say well this is how they defined it before really it's the essence um the thing that kind of drives that moral compass uh drives you your your um north right north star and and has you choosing things that are gonna support others rather than harm others so that's how we do it so we enter the quiet realm of the mind to meditation and seek to conquer the greater mind or source of higher inspiration to quicken and transform our being the alchemist thought of this process as a kind of fermentation which is a biological uh reaction i'm sorry to the organic material um is spiritualized um and spiritized in alchemy is introduced in the outside energy or life force to the substances spiritualization can take the form of an actual rising okay and we talked about the yeast rising and the expansion of consciousness yesterday so we expand consciousness rather than level up consciousness um you know and there's that's a different way to look at it and it's kind of nice because what it does is keeps us humble when we change our language we we change the way that we engage the world around us when people start to get into the dialogue this drives me nuts okay is when people say oh well we're on a higher level 
no, we're not higher, we're expanding. And that what that does is it allows for a different dialogue. Instead of saying we're higher than and looking down on people, we can say we've expanded something and that there's space for everybody to co-participate in the conversation and dialogue. It, it gives us the opportunity to invite others into the conversation. When we say we're above, we're always going to look down to them as they know nothing. But they do. They, they do know. And I've told this to a friend of mine. Like, people know. You guys understand alchemy. You know alchemy because we are alchemy. We are a process, right? We emerge from um, all of these things. And when you look at alchemy, it was just alchemy in motion. So we, I say that alchemy in motion. Even when we go back to if they want to call it the Big Bang, whatever. That was alchemy in motion. That was that was the transformation and transmutation, right? People say change is certain. Well, things change and we know that things illuminate and that's part of the process. Alchemy just says, well, here's kind of how the process works in that emergence. And it looks different <clears throat> depending on the elements that you're utilizing to emerge. So even language itself is an emergence of consciousness. And so how we operate and how we communicate and the words that we use will emerge different dialogues and those different dialogues and narratives will create or co-create with the individuals around us. <clears throat> I am sorry, I have allergies and I'm sneezing and my nose is running. So you guys are gonna have to deal with that. Okay, or not, it's totally up to you, we'll do this. Okay, I'll read and okay. So spiritual spiritualization can take the form of actual rising such that caused by action of yeast and bread, or it can be expressed as the creation of alcohol spirits, such as the production of wine. And um, and so we, we talked about that the other day. Um, and uh, such as the production of wine from grape juice. The curdling of milk by bacteria is another example. Uh, in all these types of fermentation, an outside life force has been introduced, uh, which excites, um, agitates, and transforms the original material. In fact, the word fermentation is derived from the Latin word uh, fervor, which means to seethe or to boil. So, this outside influence causes this um, thing to kind of boil or to ferment or to change or to transform into something different. Okay, so we have this fermentation um, that happens. And with the spiritual piece of the fermentation, we can say, well, what is, what, what's boiling our cauldron? <laughs> what's boiling our vessel? What's the fire that's boiling? Sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's not comfortable. It rises in us. And then it makes us look at our life and have to change and transform and expand consciousness. Expanding consciousness is not so um, comfortable. It's, in fact, very uncomfortable. Um, because, think about it, it's like getting a rubber band and then stretching it. You're applying this pressure to it, right? It's like... Or, or imagine when we're growing, right? The bones are starting to grow and, and children are starting to grow. They go through that phase of growth and it hurts. It, it's, it's, it feels, doesn't feel so wonderful, right? It hurts. Okay. So, however, before fermentation can take place, another less agreeable process must occur. 
Um, it is a natural precursor for fermentation. Uh, the black stage of purification uh, putrefaction in which the organic materials decompose through rotting and internal digestion. In spiritual terms, this is the dark night of the soul. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have been through the dark night of the soul. Um, and by any of you, I mean, Christina, <laughs> I think you're the only one on here today. So you get all my attention. <laughs> um, the dark night of the soul, um, if you guys have never been through that, um, it is a really, Haley Rock um, is a really, really challenging time to get through. So, but the dark night of the soul is the precursor for fermentation of the soul. Like we can't get to that point unless we go through the dark night of the soul. Um, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not easy, right? We were talking about that yesterday. Um whether through natural calamities or disappointments or just being alive or through deliberate alch alchemic transformations, we all reach a point at which we have had enough and must surrender to the outside forces. Putrefication is the absolute suppression of ego, um, an indispensable requirement for moving into a higher dimension of consciousness. I wouldn't say higher dimension, I'd say a, an expanded dimension of consciousness. Putrefication is often perceived as a dark depression in which the former ruling principle of the personality must die in order to make room for higher identity. Um, and, you know, Lou Rock, I don't know if you're still on here, but that is what we were talking about yesterday. You have to uh, let old stories die out. You have to let your old self die away in order to make room for this new uh, personality that is going to arise. Um, and we see what happens when we do this, because as within, so without. When you start letting go of individuals, sorry, I just, when you start letting go of individuals or when you start moving through the process of fermentation, right, what happens? People fall out of your life. That's what happens. Your whole world starts to transform and change. This is why it's not easy. Um, and I was talking to a friend yesterday, you know, even like boundaries is an alchemic process, a spiritual alchemic process, right? Because we can say, well, boundaries allow us to understand where we want to engage and not engage with individuals. At what level do we want to? And when we do this, certain things change. Certain people fall out of our lives. And it changes the dynamics and the conversations, right? So you no longer have the same conversations happening. Um, we see this when people are shifting in their life <clears throat> when it comes to friends, right? Your friends seem to change over time. <clears throat> Sorry. So the, so think about it. Like, And some people have friends from when they were little, right? Some people always kind of grow together and they have this beautiful evolution of friendship throughout their time. But there are still times where maybe they separate because they're kind of going on different paths they're not gelling, right? So we start to disassociate from the things that are no longer serving us. And then we start to go through this process of death and rebirth. Um, and we call maybe the dark night of the soul where, you know, we even see it midlife crisis. They call it a midlife crisis, right? They give all these names to these things. It's the same thing. And, and then they're like, well, how do we deal with this? We don't know what to do. No one's taught us how to go through the darkness or the dark night of the soul. No one's really teaching us about spiritual emergencies or spiritual emergence. 
nobody says, you know, you go to the, you go to people like perhaps this podcast or to other places to try to find out the answer. You think you're going crazy, right? Sometimes you even go to therapists or um, whatever it is and you get on medications and you think you're crazy and you're not. What's happening is you're going through a transformation and then, you know, people don't, they're afraid of it. And instead of allowing yourself to go through the process, they want to stop the process. They're freaking out. Well, it's because no one's ever taught like, hey, you're going to go through the dark night of the soul. You're going to go through this different transformations in your life. There's going to be a point where um, your old narratives, your old conversations no longer serve you and you're ready for a different narrative, a different dialogue, a different communication. And we hear this with friends and the way they say it, the way it shows up is, hey, um, my friends don't get me anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, it comes out like that. They're like, well, they don't understand me. Um, they're not on the same page. Like these are the words that we use to describe it. And then we go, okay, well, we're not on the same. What does that mean? Well, now I don't know what to do. I don't have anybody to talk to. How do I? And we're searching for somebody to relate to us and what we're going through. Um, and I know Lou Rock, and I don't think Lou Rock's on here anymore, but Lou Rock said, you know, hey, I'm alone. Well, yeah, sometimes you have to be alone in your process. You do. You have to be alone with yourself sometimes. And you have to get clear about what it is you want to create. Otherwise, you're just going to recreate the same thing because that's what you know, right? What you know will be recreated. The pattern will resurface. It's what you don't know. And, and stepping into that piece that helps to transform you into something different. So you've got to be open, like always be a beginner. That's another concept that we always look at, right? I'll read your comment in a second, Christina, but we're always a beginner. And this is why I love Kung Fu. This is why I do Kung Fu, because we're always a beginner. There's never, um, you know, egos flying everywhere because guess what? No one knows what the hell they're doing half the time. And everybody's learning something new and you're always learning something new. And you're always going through the process of transformation. And it just gets harder. It's not like it gets easier. <laughs> you know, it's just the process gets harder and harder and you build on that. That's why I love it. Because it's it's the applied application of alchemy <laughs> in motion. So we go through these transformation. No one tells us what to do. Uh, we're looking at the people around us and we're going like, yeah, that's not the same. Um, and I don't want to be the same and I don't want to have these dialogues anymore. I'm ready for a different narrative. Now, this doesn't mean you're above people. It doesn't mean you're leveling up your consciousness. It means you're ready to expand and stretch your consciousness. You're ready to open it up a little bit. And some people are not ready to expand. That spaciousness is too much for them. But remember, when we expand and we create space, there's this silence in between. And that's the part that's hard for people too because they're like, well, now I'm alone. Well, you need that space. You're How are you going to put more into something if you don't have space? You can't. You have to expand it. So as we expand the consciousness, as we open up our minds for more, and to, to really understand more, we have to have that space in between. It's the And that we can say maybe is the dark night of the soul where they say we're getting kind of rid of that decay, the stuff that's not serving us anymore. It's that in-between place. Okay. 
Oh my, totally. But the funny part is that I had a breakthrough last night. Um, smack, uh, God smacking me upside the head because we know he's got twisted sense of humor. Uh, my piece right now is having found a pattern and realizing I want to break it because I don't want to repeat it. Yeah. So, and sometimes we do repeat patterns because they're stuck in the subconscious mind. So, you know, it's in part of it, <coughs> excuse me, I would say is looking at the pattern. Like you say, you know, I don't want the pattern. I want, I don't want to repeat the pattern. Well, the reality is a pattern might just show up for you. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's part of your storyline and your narrative. So some of it is like, okay, I don't want to repeat the pattern, but it's looking at it and saying, I recognize the pattern. Now I'm going to engage it differently. It's going to surface no matter what, right? So if it surfaces no matter what, then instead of saying, you know, I don't want this pattern anymore, it's saying, how do I work within the pattern? Or how do I engage it differently? You see, there's some patterns that we don't have control over. And what what is it that we have? Our choice of how we engage that pattern. The choice of how we maneuver through that pattern. And the best example I can give is the pattern of me, and, and I've given this many a times, is when my car was stolen. So when my car, my car was been stolen many, many a times. And in that time frame um, of when this was happening, which I believe the pattern is complete, I, I didn't, I was trying to figure out, do I have control over this? What is the lesson? What am I trying to learn? My car has been stolen, like, I don't even know how many times in my life. I want to say 20 times. <laughs> and that's probably not a joke. 20 times in my life, I would say that my car has probably been stolen. Crazy, right? And so that pattern that com continues, um, how do I engage it new in a different light? Okay, so. Spiritual terms of dark night of soul, whether through the natural calamities or disappointments of just being alive or through deliberate alchemic transformation, we all reach a point at which we have had enough and must surrender to the outside forces. Putrefication is the absolute suppression of ego. Um, putrefication is often perceived as dark depression in which the former ruling principle of the personality must die to make room for the higher identity. The alchem alchemist must uh, forbear during this uncomfortable phase. A lost identity. This is the place, the lost identity is the place where um, we sort of have this place of silence. It's almost like a place of mourning. Okay. Uh, the base elements within transmute into the nobler, nobler elements, um, which during the fertile blackness of putrefaction is that the male solar energies are eclipsed by the lunar female subconscious and expressed in moodiness or depression. Now, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Calling the, the feminine totally moodiness and depression. Um, I mean, they, they say that's the outcome of it, but there's so much more in, in the sacred feminine um, than this. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a negative light to put it in, but whatever. Um, I'm not going to go into all that. 
I'm not 100% don't agree with everything that these alchemists back in the day were writing, um, just so you know. Um, and I think that's, you know, kind of where we see issues arise. Um, we're seeing the consequences of that thought process and it didn't go so well. Okay. Now, so long as the black stage is manifest, the dark woman prevails. Um, and so let's see, they're putting in, 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 I feel like kind of a negative light, which I don't agree with. So as long as a black stage is manifest, the dark woman prevails. Um, let's see. And that is, um, the first strength of our stone because releasing subtle feminine energy gives new power to the adept. The alchemist viewed pu uh, putrefaction as a kind of spiritual conception. Uh, and eagerly looked in the milkish liquid that formed the blackened, decaying matter for any sign of color, of a new hope. The ph philosophical putrefaction is nothing but a corruption or I'm sorry, destruction of bodies. Um, for as soon as one form has been destroyed, nature introduces another form in its stead, which is both better and more subtle. Um, we see this too with nature itself. So we, this is an alchemic process and this is how nature works. When there's a breakdown of something, a decay of something, something new emerges from it, right? That's how life works. You see when fires happen and new life uh, springs forth from it. Well, this is true even in cosmology. When you're looking at stars and how stars evolve over time. Stars evolve how? Well, they started, of course, with the Big Bang Theory, right? It was like there was nothing, and then all of a sudden there was something. Okay, well, I don't know how that true that is, but it doesn't matter. Let's just take it for example. They do know that after the Big Bang, there was stuff. And it was hydrogen, helium, and all that stuff. And so what it did is it did nuclear fusion, and the nuclear fusion caused the heat, right, to, to things to heat up really, really, really high. There was pressure and then explosions. Out of that explosion came new matter, new materials that then started to create new things. So we had this process go on and we're in our, they say, fourth stellar evolution from supernova, which supernova, what happened with supernova, the same thing, right? The supernova said, um, the the stellar body exploded okay we had this big implosion or explosion i mean um from a supernova that dust that was created um created new material and it was a new birth of something new and that's how we were created so again alchemy we see it even in nature and that's what it is it's nature so we do this with ourselves. um this, let's see, the first strength of our stone. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 what do we have? Yeah, the philosophical okay. um, is nothing but a corruption or destruction of bodies. And that and that's what we see. The philosophic philosophical putrefaction is nothing but the corruption and destruction of our bodies. And not just our bodies, but our solar bodies, our stellar, the stellar bodies, the universe itself. You see, the universe itself is doing this. And so we are stardust, really. 
We are the stars and the cosmos. It's in us. Um, for as soon as, uh, let's see, as one form has been destroyed, nature introduces another form in its stead, and both better, more subtle. Uh, the blessed signal that putrefaction is uh, over is known at the as the peacock's tail, and that's why they use the peacock as um, a symbol of alchemy. Um, a rainbow displays brilliant colors that appear to flow on the surface of decaying matter, like the peacock spreading its tail. For uh, the practicing alch alchemist, it is a long-awaited indiction. Uh, that the divinely inspired process of fermentation had begun. Philosophically, the peacock's tail symbolizes the appearance of true imagination or inspiration during meditation. Okay. So we have the peacock's tail. Um, and that's a symbol. And now, and my friend, uh, who was doing some alchemic, uh, workshops talked about that. He talks about the different uses about of the symbols that were used, the symbolism of alchemy, something that we could do here as well. Sorry, I just keep going ahead because my nose is leaky cauldron. I have a leaky cauldron today because I have allergies and it's driving me nuts. Okay, so what does this mean? It means that we have to go through the dark night of the soul. We have to allow those things that are in the deep dark to be corroded, to allow to move through to... Um, be transformed and transmuted. We don't know how to do that specifically because no one teaches us this. So I go to alchemy and this is why I'm an alchemist because it is the process of nature and nature, how our soul goes through these different stages. Um, it gives us an idea of how to move through it, that we're not going crazy. You're not crazy. You're just going through a process the process of death and rebirth and we do this over and over again we go through the fermentation so we are going through all of these alchemic processes that we can relate to helps give us narrative dialogue language to describe what we are going through okay um and you know they talk about the decay as is the sacred feminine you know they talk about it in a negative form and i just want to just give some word to this it's actually not negative. It's beautiful. Think about it. Because what it does is it allows for new life to emerge from it. So they call it the dark mother. They call they 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 put all these labels on the darkness that I don't necessarily 100% agree with. Um and that I think the narrative needs to change and that's where our healing will come from is that if we look at this dark decaying stuff from a different perspective, um, that from a healing perspective, rather than it's bad and corrosive and gross and disgusting into, yeah, it's maybe not pleasant, but it's necessary for new life to emerge. And without it, we wouldn't have new life. It, without it, we wouldn't even be. We wouldn't exist. So um, understanding that, you know, the dark mother is there to give life to cultivate life or a space for life and that she's so caring about giving life that she's willing to eat the decay you see that's different it's like you think about a mother a mother um willing to go anywhere for their children it's the same thing 
The mother says, I will even eat the decay rather than seeing it in that light. I'd rather eat the decay so that new life can spring forth and so that I can nurture and cultivate life on earth in what we see and just in general. But we don't see it that way. It's talked about in a negative light. And, and I just personally am not, I'm trying to change the narrative even in my language. How do we create new language around looking at the darkness instead of talking about it as some trickery evil thing? This is the problem. This is the reason why we have a lot of the issues we have in this world because of the language we associate with these colors, white and black. And people say, well, they're not colors. Yes, they are. It even said in here, when they're going through that blackness, they're, they're looking for new colors to emerge. And so the peacock's tail is all one color until it reaches its peak. And then it has this luminous colors all on it. And it's a symbol of trans, transmutation, of fermentation down through transmutation all the way up to this new new happening. It's like it, the tail goes through this darkness and then into these colors. But without the darkness, we wouldn't have the color. You see? So why is it negative? It's not. Okay. So there you have it. Um, exactly. It's different engagement. I'm looking forward to. The only way out um, of the fire is through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's difficult. Um, small little audience today, just you, Christina, people were popping in and out, but, um, yesterday was quite, um, <laughs> uh, entertaining. There was quite a lot of people. So there you have it. Um, and we're going to continue on with the Emerald Tablet Alchemical Transformation, the fermentation, um, uh, of Jacob Boehm. Um, he was the one, uh, yeah, he was a peasant boy and, We'll see what he has to do, poetic nature. Um, and so we'll talk about that next, but I think it's important that we change dialogue around that. So there you have it. Um, have a fantastical day, um, and hopefully these allergies will go away. <laughs> um, but thank you for bearing with me during that. That's the beauty of going live. You get to deal with all of it, right? There's like, no, I don't filter nothing. <laughs> it's like, you're going to see it all. So, um, yeah, and that's part of it. That's part of alchemy. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be proper and prim. I did put lipstick on my face today, see? Okay. All right, so have a great day. And, of course, I will be seeing you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.